Well, why don't we we begin with prayer? Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the privilege of being here. Uh, We thank you for all our our many blessings. Uh, We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with each and every one of us, uh, so that uh, especially your your spirit of wisdom and your spirit of truth, uh, so that all that we do here and all that we do after we leave uh, will be for your greatest glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you all hear okay? Okay. Uh, give, you, give you a little, as we're waiting for our, our projector here, I'll give you a little uh, uh, background on uh, my credentials. Uh, I'm a pediatrician, uh, retired from the Navy. Uh, Navy invested... Uh, a good amount of uh, probably tens of thousands of your tax dollars into uh, trying uh, uh, to make me knowledgeable in the area that we'll be discussing this afternoon, uh, primarily in uh, uh, quality assurance, uh, but also in uh, health education. As far as my missions uh, background, I have gone on uh, uh, between 45 and 50 short-term drug-based uh, uh uh, uh, primary care uh, uh, medical missions. In my long-term experience, uh, uh, I uh, attend monthly clinics uh, down in Baja, Mexico. as a missions clinic down there, and I've been uh, doing that for... Uh, thank you. We've been praying. I've uh, uh, been doing that for uh, approximately 15 years. So I, I know, uh, I've had experience in, in uh, both... Uh, both uh, uh, areas. Uh, this uh, health education program that you see here, uh, we've been working with that for uh, approximately uh, uh, 10 to 15 years now. We have the website where all the materials that we'll be presenting this afternoon are available free uh, for downloading. Uh, most of the materials are available in five languages. And that's the way most people uh, utilize uh, the program. Uh, in places like India and China, uh, they can uh, 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 make the copies a whole lot cheaper than what we can here. So these are the, everything that you will see this afternoon uh, is on those two uh, websites. They're, these are actually collaborating websites. Uh, the uh, uh, linked to each other. Uh, there's also some cards there uh, that have the website on them uh, as well. Uh, so there's really no need for you to, to uh, take notes. Uh, the uh, the uh, Global Chain Network, how many of you are familiar with, with Global Chain Network? Uh, good. That is an excellent, excellent site. Uh, uh, main reason... I would recommend going to this site uh, to look for the materials we'll discuss today is just because this site will overwhelm you with the amount of materials that they have available. Excellent, excellent materials. In fact, our, our whole program here, uh, we're deeply indebted. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, we're deeply indebted to Jody Collins and Terry uh, Dalrumpel from the uh, uh, global chain network for converting these these uh, evidence-based lessons that all this comes from the World Health Organization. None of this comes from us. 
but she converts these then into a format that can be used by uh, 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 community health educators down at uh, a level where they don't have to have any education at all. And it's a completely participatory approach. With doctors, we can't use a participatory approach because doctors don't have the time. Uh, participatory approach is by far the best way to learn anything, but in the medical field, we just don't have time for that. And we aren't really interested in others' opinions. Uh, what, we, what we want is uh, the best evidence-based uh, 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 information in the, in the quickest possible uh, time. Okay, we'll see. Oops, okay, we've got to get ahead of ourselves here. Okay, uh, what we're going to spend most of our time on uh, is uh, 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 a relatively uh, new uh, program for us. I've just been using it the last uh, year or so, and uh, it's a Community Health Screening and Education. And uh, it's based on the same uh, international uh, uh, evidence-based standards and guidelines uh, as, as uh, our programs always have been. And it's primarily focused on the 70% of the uh, uh, disease burden that's preventable. Uh, but it also enables high-quality assistance and curative care as well. Uh, so, so we try to do both. And all, like I say, all the materials are on these two websites uh, here. Uh, so that although the health uh, problems that we'll address remain the leading causes of premature death and unnecessary suffering in nearly every community, in every country, that's, that's our country as well, it's emphasized that the organizations and communities already have access to the resources to begin to resolve those problems. Uh, and uh, 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 there is much that qualified uh, doctors and pharmacists and other providers can do to assist communities in this collaborative biblically-based approach, which also preserves, uh, preserves the benefits of the uh, provider-healing relationship without the harmful effects due to drugs. And we'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit about that as well. I'm going to skip over a lot of these original slides. Uh, the original slides are very important because they provide the evidence base for what we're going to talk about uh, 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 in the remainder of the lecture. But if any of you here are deeply involved with a, a drug-based approach to short-term missions and you want more evidence-based information on, on some of the statements that we're going to ma be making here, uh, we have two hours available after uh, my time is up here before the next plenary session. And uh, so you have two hours for getting your box lunch. If you want to come back up here with your box lunch, we can go over these evidence-based slides that uh, we have to skip over now because of, because of time. Because uh, once you see the evidence, uh, you will never go on another drug-based uh, 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 short-term mission again. And not, not long-term. That's Long-term is altogether different, but just the uh, short-term uh, mission. So again, uh, uh, we aren't going to have time to go over all, all the evidence here. So uh, wh why is evidence-based medicine? Why is it so important that we base this all on, on the best available evidence guidelines? And, and these are some of the problems. Uh, this is from UNICEF. At least 25,000 children under age 5 die every day from preventable causes. UNICEF believes it's possible to go from 25 to 0. Zero lives lost to preventable causes like pneumonia, diarrhea, malnutrition, and so on. Zero lives, uh, children disabled by unnecessary illness. Zero mothers dying from a lack of health care at birth. And UNICEF knows how to get it done with integrated, cost-effective solutions focused on the world's poorest communities and families. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. 
an integrated approach that we know is effective. What about the problems in our country? Uh, most of us uh, don't hear much about these. Uh, these are preventable deaths uh, from the 19 leading industrialized countries. So the U.S. places last among 19 countries for deaths up to age 75 that could have been prevented by access to timely and effective health care. Uh, uh, if the U.S. had performed as well as the top three countries, there would have been 101 fewer deaths in the U.S. Uh, per year. Now, what, what is JAMA? The, this is a journal of the American Medical Association. It says the United States has a considerably greater expenditure on medical care uh, than the United Kingdom, almost twice as much here, yet the U.S. residents are much less healthy than their English counterparts, and these differences exist at all points of the socioeconomic distribution. You go to our, our, own, our, our own American uh, Journal of Public Health, and, and they say the same thing. U.S. residents are less healthy than Canadians, despite spending nearly twice as much per capita on health care. U.S. residents have more problems getting care and experience uh, more unmet needs. Now, if we're, we're, if we're among the wealthy, we don't have this problem, and we don't see it. But this is looking at our country as a whole. What does our own Central Intelligence Agency have to say? Uh, uh, this, uh, they look at infant mortality rates. This entry gives the number of deaths of infants under one year old at a given year per 1,000 uh, lives uh, births in the year. This rate is often used as, as an indicator of the level of health in a country. That's, that's what the CIA uses. We're rated number 44th for infant mortality rates. You know, when I uh, first started practice, we were rated number one in all these areas. And that wasn't that, you know, I'm older, but I'm not that old. Uh, uh, so what's responsible for a lack of compliance with evidence-based uh, standards? And, and what's responsible for the decline in quality of, of our, our U.S. healthcare services? That's happened within my generation. And over the past 30 to 40 years, there have been two critical changes in our U.S. healthcare system. One, the church has abandoned its historical role in providing healthcare. Just about every hospital, it used to be Lutheran General, Presbyterian, uh, St. Luke's, that's all gone. And it's been replaced by the healthcare industry. A second major event that happened in the last 30, 40 years is direct-to-consumer prescription drug advertising. This began in 1982. And this has resulted in the consumer industry drug-based healthcare. And uh, this presentation will demonstrate from an evidence-based standpoint why we need to return to this holistic, Christ-centered approach to health care, uh, both in the U.S. Uh, and uh, in the global missions field. And this actually is happening. Places like uh, Saddleback and so on are actually taking responsibility back uh, for, for their health care, which is a wonderful thing to see. We've got some really interesting... Uh, we don't have time for this. This, uh, this evidence-based stuff all actually began 2,600 years, uh, 2, years ago in, in uh, Old Testament times, but we, we don't have time for that. Uh, but we can go over it if you want to come back after you grab your lunch. Okay, now, why uh, the quality challenge? Now, this is from uh, uh, Carolyn Clancy. She's a quality assurance director for our entire country. She's from the uh, Agency of Healthcare Research and Quality. She says, when it comes to quality and healthcare delivery, we actually do have many answers. Answers about best practices, answers about what works, proven science-based answers. What we don't have yet is results. So this is the state of health care equality, equality in America today. Stubbornly short of where we know it, we want it to be, agonizingly short of where we know it could be, and still slow and sporadic in making improvement. Now, what does she base those conclusions on? 
She says that uh, uh, treatment is not based on the best current knowledge. There's underutilization despite evidence of benefit, overutilization despite evidence harm. If you remember one thing from this presentation this afternoon, just remember this, this picture here. Every treatment that you have has a benefit side and a harm side. And this harm side we just we just don't think about, you know, especially with, with our, our medications. And this comes from the medical letter. Every pharmaceutical drug is a dose-dependent poison. Uh, and she's, on the other side of the equation, she says, remain unaware of the effectiveness of treatments. What percentage of our modern scientific treatments have actually been shown to be beneficial? 0 to 20%, 20 to 40. Anyone here want to guess? What percent of our modern scientific treatments have actually been shown to be beneficial? Any guesses? Okay, 0 to 20. Uh, 0 to 20 is right. Uh, this is 15%. Now, this is actually, is actually down to 13% now, but this is from... Uh, 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 we could spend a whole hour on, on this slide trying to, you know, explaining why this is true, but it is actually true. This is one of the hardest things I had. I, I, I couldn't believe this, even with all these years in, in quality assurance. I couldn't believe these figures when I, when I first saw them, but they actually are true. One is uh, going... Uh, Many, many reasons from a statistical standpoint and so on that we don't have time for, but uh, drug-based culture is one that we, sh we need to review. It. U.S. healthcare is now increasingly based on advertising. It's not based on truth, not based on scientific evidence, uh, and it's not based on patient education. It's based on advertising. Americans purchase more drugs per person than any other country. We also abuse uh, drugs uh, more than any other country. Those are proven. Uh, 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 no one disputes these figures. In 2006, drug companies spent nearly $5 billion on direct sales to uh, consumers. Every dollar spent results in $6 increased sales. That's why when you turn on your TV set, you see those ads. Doctors do not have the time to argue with patients and so give in to their requests. It's absolutely impossible for us to argue. You know, I've sat in, in an office and I've argued with patients that they don't need this drug, that they, this miracle drug they've seen advertised. I've argued for 20, 30, 40 minutes. They storm out of the office angry. Yeah, and I never see them again. So it, it, it only takes you know, five seconds to write the prescription. So doctors nowadays, we don't have the time like we used to. You know, we've got, we got 10 to 15 minutes per patient. You, know, we can't, you can't depend on us to argue with the patient. Uh, you know, somebody else has to be responsible for resolving this uh, because we're, we're really helpless. Uh, additional $7 billion per year is spent on drug advertising to doctors. Now, what most doctors don't know is that 94% of the information that's sent even to us has no basis in scientific evidence. So, you know, I never met a drug uh, detailer that I didn't like. You know, they're all wonderful people. I know some that, that even left the profession and became pastors. Yeah, but but you know, the problem here is is that they've done studies that show that this is where most doctors are getting their, their education of, uh, on drugs. You know, so, so you can't do that. You know, if you have to let them in your office, uh, actually we... we uh, uh, made it a policy that, that uh, we would not see drug uh, reps anymore. But if you have to see them, you know, please don't read what they, what they leave you. Uh, the, inf 
and the information for consumers is even worse. So, you know, when those ads come on, you know, just find something else to do. Uh, and everyone agrees, consumers reports, you know, everyone agrees that, the, that advertising is misleading, unnecessary treatment and costs, and harmful or deadly to patients. You know, the best, the best doctors in our country, deans of medical schools and so on, over 200 200, 250 sent, sent letters to the FDA and to our government pleading with them, please, you know, stop this, this advertising. But, you know, it's, uh, and these are all the references for that if you want that, the references. Okay, so treatment is not best on the, uh, based on the best current knowledge. Overutilization despite evidence of harm. Now, just how harmful are our medicines when used in the U.S. with all our safeguards in place? If you want to use a medicine, the very best place in the world to use a medicine is in the U.S. Because we have, we have an educated population. We have uh, uh, package inserts in, in our doctor's uh, language. We have patient instructions, black box warnings in, in our language. Uh, we have uh, medication lists to ensure that there's no duplication or incompatibility. We have pharmacy policies and procedures, state laws that require that every time they give you a prescription, you get out this big computer list of all the adverse effects and so on. Uh, we have uh, emergency rooms and ICUs to handle all the adverse effects. Uh, we have poison control uh, centers to manage the accidental po poisoning. So what, what, how do our medicines rate as a cause of death? What is the ranking uh, uh, as compared with uh, pulmonary disease, diabetes, and so on? So 1 to 3, 4 to 6, 7 to 9. Any guesses? What? Uh, actually, I have seen it. We're not quite that bad. Uh, well, we, we are, I have seen it third, third rated, uh, third to six. It depends how, how you define it. But the, from the FDA website, uh, in, in the United States now, uh, with all our safeguards in place, it's the fourth leading cause of death. Adverse effects of medicine. It's ahead of pulmonary disease, diabetes, AIDS, pneumonia, accidents. These are true figures. And it will just give you uh, what happens on the missions field. NSAIDs, that's the most commonly prescribed uh, drugs uh, on the missions field. And, and the reason is it's obvious. You know, everybody, has, everybody has aches and pains. You know, they're they're uh, working in the fields, and, and, uh, uh, and so there, there's a reason for that. But low back pain is also it's one of the most uh, common, usually the most common treatment that, that uh, uh, condition that you, you see. Uh, now, how important, we'll look at the benefit side here uh, first. Now, how important is the belief effect uh, uh, for very highly effective drugs? Now, this is for, for uh, celecoxib. This is our most, one of our, probably our most effective, and it's also one of our most expensive uh, NSAIDs. We spend millions and millions of dollars on, on this drug uh, in, in the United States. This is, this is, again, from the New England Journal of Medicine. All the, all the references you'll see here are from the very, the New England Journal of Medicine is certainly one of the most respected uh, journals in the world and, and certainly in our country. Uh, and uh, what this particular study is one of the most frequently quoted because it does show it is effective. It has a p-value of 0.008. That's, that's highly effective. But then you look at, at the study itself and, and just, just where is that effect? And you find that it was really only one of the ten of the patients that responded to the celecoxib. Six of the ten uh, patients responded to no active treatment, uh, to the, what we call in, in science the placebo effect, but what Jesus used to call faith. You know, your faith has made you whole. 
So Jesus knew this stuff 2,000 years ago. The only difference now is for these six of ten patients that responded to the placebo effect or faith, we give the credit to celecoxib. Jesus gave the credit to a loving God. So all scientists will agree that our bodies are created to be self-healing. We know that. We cut ourselves, it's healed. And, And also, what all scientists will agree on is that because every every study that has that study uh, uh, is placebo controlled uh, confirms this, all scientists will agree that our bodies will respond to our beliefs. Now, the only thing scientists will disagree on is if this came about because of evolution, or if this came about because we have a loving God that created our bodies that way. So that's the only disagreement. So yes, it is effective, but you know Jesus' belief is even more effective. Now, what about the harmful side? Look at NSAIDs. Again, 16,000 NSAID deaths per year from GI deaths alone in arthritis patients alone in the U.S. alone. And this again from New England Journal of Medicine. 16,000 deaths. That's more deaths than AIDS uh, or about the same amount of deaths as AIDS. Multiple myeloma, asthma, much, much higher risk. And arthritis, since the beginning of time, was previously a non-lethal disease. No one ever died of osteoarthritis, ever, since the beginning of time. We have made osteoarthritis a lethal disease in our country. And that's only the GI deaths. The cardiovascular deaths are much, much higher from NSAIDs. Over 55,000 cardiovascular deaths just from rovacoxib alone. Now, yes, that was taken off the market, but every NSAID has the same cardiovascular effects, not to that extent, but still has those effects. And again, uh, NSAIDs don't provide any curative care at all. It's just symptomatic, temporary symptomatic method. They don't affect the course of the disease at all. So, uh, but our main problem is here, how do do we give informed consent on the missions field then uh, uh, with that? Uh, the you know, ibuprofen, you read the, the package insert, it goes on for over 15 PDF pages now. You know, so how do you provide informed consent? And even on the most serious effects, heart attack, stroke, and so on. Uh, and, and if patients are not informed of the risk of therapy, they are unable to protect themselves and their families. You know, so that's the, the problem we have on the short-term missions trip. Uh, so what are the evidence-based guidelines state? How beneficial are NSAIDs versus uh, evidence-based holistic treatment for low back pain? That's the most common uh, adult condition treated by most uh, 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 teams. Now, here's, again, the evidence-based guidelines, clinical evidence. Uh, the best that NSAIDs do is number three, a trade-off between benefits and harm. So going out the top here, the number one is beneficial, likely beneficial, trade-off between benefits and harm. This is the 15% only of our treatments. You see that NSAIDs is down number three. Now, NSAIDs used to be up here, used to be beneficial, then they dropped to likely to be beneficial, and now they're down to here. And the reason is we got more, as time went on, we we got more and more evidence-based information. Now, exactly the opposite happened with exercise. Exercise started at the bottom of the list, unknown effectiveness. Very difficult to get get anybody to finance a, a study on on exercise because nobody's going to make any money on it, but but eventually there was enough information available so that it could be rated number one uh, uh, beneficial. Now, what does that mean, you know, uh, uh, for our uh, patients with low back pain? And we have these other available treatments 
uh, available uh, 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 as far as informed consent. And this is preventive therapeutic benefit. It's not just symptomatic benefit. If you do exercises, it, it can decrease the frequency of your, your back pain and actually affect the course of the disease. So there you have the number one uh, rated uh, 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 as far as the benefit side. And on the NSAID side, you only have the third rated symptomatic treatment, uh, the very best, and no preventive or thera- therapeutic benefit at all. And then on the harm side, you have, for the exercises, there's essentially no significant, uh, it's possible if you, you know, if you really overdid it, I suppose, but there's no significant morbidity or mortality. And on the NSAID size, you have tens of thousands of deaths per year. So that's why the more evidence-based teaching we use, the higher the quality of our care, especially in the high-risk, short-term mission, primary care setting. Now, uh, what do our most honored and respected long-term Christian missionary mentors have to say? And this comes from Paul Brand. He was a speaker at, at Medical Missions Conference for many years, uh, very highly respected in the secular world as well as, as being a long-term missionary to, uh, to India and so on. And, and he's been saying, or he has said the same thing in his, in his books uh, for many years. Uh, we in medicine need to restore our patients' confidence in the most powerful hero, healer in the world, the human body. Doctors tend to exaggerate their own significance in the scheme of things. The mind, not the cells of the injured part, will determine the final extent of rehabilitation. The United States advertising further feeds the victim mentality by conditioning us to believe that staying healthy is a complicated matter, far beyond the grasp of the average person. A human being, unlike any machine, contains what Schweitzer called the doctor within, the ability to repair itself and to affect consciously the healing process. So that's what we're essentially he's saying the exact thing that that Jesus said so many years ago. So what we find is that the closer closer medicine comes to being evidence based, the more it confirms the teaching of our Christian missionary mentors. Okay, now why is uh, we aren't going to? There's all you know. We're getting a whole lot of criticism uh, from our own colleagues and you know from. Uh, 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 medical missions journey, uh, journals, and we're going to skip all over this. And these ex- really excellent books on community uh, 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 prevention-based health care, uh, Just and Lasting Change from Carl Taylor, Setting Up Community Health Programs, Ted Lancaster, uh, Multiplying Light and Truth, uh, Stan Rowan, they'd have a booth downstairs, that's Global Chain Network. Uh, all of these are, are excellent resources. Uh, but we are... Uh, we can go over these if you want to get your box lunch after. So, uh, okay. But what, what are? Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll just go over all, all of this. We got to get back to uh, international standards and guidelines. Uh, what most people don't know is that most of the very best of the World Health Organization guidelines actually come from our, our Christian uh, missionary mentors, uh, and uh, the one that that gets the most complaints from a lot of. Uh, of our uh, missions groups is, was actually developed by the Church's Action for Health and the World Council of Churches. And, and, uh, okay, so, so what do our what what do our uh, uh, practice by the book? Uh, what, what does that say about the quality of our care? The quality of our work and service is more than just a part of our professional persona; is an uh, important part of our witness for Christ. We are committed to be excellent. Uh, commanded to be excellent. Jesus healed the sick because he loved them. Love does not reach out with leftovers. And here from the saline solution, it's competence is number one. 
uh, and character, compassion, courage equals a culture-changing influence. So people don't care if you're a good person until they know you are a good doctor. So the quality of our care does matter from a, from a Christian standpoint. So is there anything we physicians and pharmacists can do which will truly help these people? Can our current short-term missions approach be modified to uh, provide quality care and reduce the harm uh, to our patients? Uh, and according to the World Health Organization, our long-term Christian missionary mentors, there's much that we can do. And here's, here's, this comes from the World Health Organization, the medicine problem. Adverse drug effects are among the leading causes of death in many countries. Irrational use of medicines is a major problem worldwide. It's estimated that half of all medicines are inappropriately prescribed, dispensed, or sold, and that half of all patients fail to take their medicines appropriately. Plus, evidence-based guidelines report that only 15% of our treatments are, are proven to be beneficial. Plus, the average effect uh, of uh, medicines are the third to fourth leading cause of death even in developed countries. Plus, the additional risks of, of significant patient harm inherent in the short-term practice setting with its double standards of care. And it really is a double standard of care. It, it, uh, we, we can talk about that later. So, uh, the same evidence-based guidelines that condemn our use of drugs in a short-term setting also document the critical need for qualified pharmacists and physicians. So though our suitcase samplers of U.S. drugs nearly always cause more harm than good for our patients, they desperately need your knowledge and how to appropriately use the drugs they already have. That's a desperate need. This is easily confirmed by a simple follow-up home visits, asking patients if they have any questions about the medicines they have in their home or how to use them. So the last day of your clinic, uh, uh, all you have to do is make home visits to confirm this for yourself. Uh, and down in Baja, uh, where, medicine, where SDM medicines are free, poor people in Baja often deny they have medicines at home to ensure that they'll receive uh, the ones that you offer. Uh, and after the second or third day of clinic, they got their stories down good. You know, they know how to get the most medicines. Uh, and, and they've been doing this for years, so they, uh, they can fool me even. So there's a very high, sudden, unexpected death rate down in Baja. And this is usually ascribed to heart attack or stroke. So autopsies are rarely done in Baja. So we can confirm that the number of deaths uh, 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 due to adverse effects of drugs exceeds the num number four uh, of the U.S. However, follow-up home visits re routinely document frequent, inappropriate, and dangerous use of medicines. You know, they'll be using three or four hypertensives at the same time, uh, drugs in the same category. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's... All you have to do is this, and this will change. Just do this once, and this will change, change the way you, you, you do your, your visits. So, uh, but if you're a pharmacist or physician, our purpose here is not at all to close doors, but rather to open doors. So how can, how can we be of true uh, benefit? And the answer is simply this. Just leave our drugs at home. Do everything else the same, but just leave your drugs at home. Uh, and... and uh, at the same time, you know, you can free up the time and resources needed to, to uh, use what, what is truly important. The far more valuable assets are, are not the drugs, but the skills and abilities of, of you, of the physicians and, and the pharmacists here. That's what we need. You know, quit trying to, to take uh, square people and pound them into round holes. You know, uh, uh, there are very few people, that, uh, very few doctors that I've ever met that have the training in tropical medicine. Uh, and the training in, in uh, 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 culture and so on that's needed to provide adequate primary care in, in, in a developing country. You know, that's, that's very, very, very rare. 
and, uh, and w- there are approaches, though, where, where we can be a benefit, and that's what we're, we're talking about today with this approach. So you match these up with the assets of the local community to most effectively assist them in resolving their most important healthcare problems. So then the high-risk, poor-quality, drug-centered approach becomes an evidence-based, high-quality, holistic, Christ-centered approach and opens up a whole new world of opportunities. So how can we accomplish that? Well, there, we have a number of references here. Uh, uh, another group I work uh, closely with is the uh, uh, Best Practices in Global Health Missions. Uh, uh, you might want to put down, uh, I should put down that website as well, uh, BPGHM. Org, best practices in global health missions.org. And uh, there, uh, down the uh, uh, center column here, you'll find international standards and practice guidelines for long term uh, and short term health missions. And on the left side, you'll see papers on mission specific uh, best practices uh, documents. And uh, farther down, uh, uh, Close to the bottom of the, on the right-hand side, you'll see sustainable short-term missions. So these are areas where short-term missions can provide high-quality care in accordance with international standards and guidelines. So uh, th- this is an excellent site here. Uh, another site is our Christian Medical and Dental Associations, uh, uh, MEI. Uh, if you're interested in short-term missions and teaching curative care, uh, uh, they provide excellent, critically needed services all over the world. So you do have many options. Another area, specialty services, especially when you work collaboratively. Uh, if you're in surgery or optometry or oral surgery, you know, these are, are, are skills where you don't have to use our drug-based approach and where it is transferable and where you can uh, transfer uh, uh, your knowledge and skills uh, to, to your colleagues. Uh, also in selected disaster response services. Uh, now, we say selected because uh, a lot of disaster response, uh, we can really uh, do more harm than good there as well. But there are situations where, where there are no choices. Uh, this was in Iraq at the, at the end of the first Gulf War. Uh, if you remember, the, uh, uh, we sort of encouraged the Kurds to rise up against uh, uh, Hussein. And then when they did, uh, he just bombarded their, uh, uh, their uh, towns and and uh, uh, they were middle class people just like we were, you know, washing machines and so on. And so they just got in their cars and drove up in the mountains as far as they could go, could go and then walked the rest of the way until they got away from the shelling and just uh, thousands died. And w- when we got there, there were about a thousand deaths per day. Uh, uh, and, and so these are areas where, where, with, uh, we, where our services are needed and where they are life-saving. Malnutrition and sepsis, measles immunization and vitamin A prophylaxis because of, uh, uh, of malnutrition and so on. Uh, and, uh, so our team stayed until the crisis was completely over and all the people had been transported. They transported in these big trucks uh, to a safe area where clean water, sanitation, and adequate local uh, health services were available. So pri- the question we need to ask, primary care and short-term missions need to ask is this, what is the status of our patients and the community's health care after we leave? And that, that's really the, the main thing we need to ask. So, so these are, the above are just a few examples of the safe and effective options uh, now available to short-term missions to assist in the management of the 30% of patients who require services in the curative care area. Now there's a whole new world for that other 70%, and that's where the exciting part is. So what can we uh, in short-term missions do to resolve the critical health care problems in developed as well as developing countries? And this comes from the uh, 2008 World Health Report, Misdirected Care, 
resource primary allocation clusters around curative services at great cost, neglecting the potential prevention and health promotion to prevent up to 70% of the disease burden. And here is, is where we really have tremendous opportunities uh, uh, to serve. And again, this, I, you know, go to the Global Chain Network uh, site, and uh, they have a, a section on short-term teams, excellent materials there. Uh, link from my cycles, our, our health education uh, cycles there. Here also is the health education program uh, that links links to our health ed site. Here is the health screening and education. So everything that's on our site you'll find on, on the Global Chain Network, plus a, an abundance of other excellent materials. Uh, okay, now... Uh, so uh, this program enables both long and, and short-term medical teams to have a long-term impact by introducing desperately needed evidence-based health education services to the community. Uh, disclosure conflict of interest uh, validation, the uh, I and HEP-FDC's uh, Centers of Excellence in Healthcare Missions and GHO, that's Global Health Outreach, that also uses our program. We receive no royalties or compensation of any kind related to the health education program for developing countries or its website. So we're not trying to sell you anything. In fact, uh, there are a couple of websites that do uh, sell uh, prepared binders of it. Uh, the more of those that, that get purchased, uh, we lose money on, on every one. So we'd much rather have you download them free uh, than, than purchase from other sites. And this just explains our collaboration uh, with Global Chain Network. Uh, there's essentially two approaches. Uh, one is where you use the entire uh, 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 health education program, and the second is the health screening approach, which is a, which is what we're really going to spend time on today, because that uh, that many many uh, short-term missions uh, teams uh, can learn how to do and learn to, to do well. Very difficult to do this first one, where you where you go in and try to manage all primary care problems. But if you focus on just uh, a few very, very important uh, screening problems in the community, uh, just about anyone can do that well uh, uh, with, with uh, the materials that we have available. So begin with an overview of the health education program for developing countries. Uh, and uh, there on our website, uh, uh, that would be on the uh, homepage there. And then... Uh, Later on, we'll go to the health screening page, which is all the, uh, the uh, materials on, on this uh, uh, page here. So for, for both programs, uh, our goals are to enable healthcare teams to have a long-term culture-changing influence by introducing high-quality, holistic, Christ-centered healthcare services to the community. Now, how do we meet those goals? In two ways. One is by enabling the provision of safe, high-quality individual medical care by team physicians and local health care providers. That's the individual. And then to introduce desperately needed evidence-based holistic health education services for the pastors, health promoters, and community health workers to reach out and assist their communities. So both... Uh, uh, so essentially, we're we're addressing problems at all stages of the healthcare pyramid, from the hospital down to the clinic, down to the community base, with the very same healthcare program. Now, that's essential, because if you're teaching uh, your uh, community health workers, uh, uh, giving them a program to teach to the local community, and the local doctors do not agree with that program, you're going to have real problems. So it's very important, uh, uh, and we'll go, go into this a little bit more later, uh, uh, very important that, that 
this be an evidence-based World Health Organization is the main reason that we use them uh, because they have the, the, uh, the highest repu- reputation in every country that we go to, uh, except for the U.S. Uh, but it, actually, you know, it, it should be in the U.S. as well because uh, 90% of, of, of uh, what the World Health Organization uses comes from our country. The World Health Organization relies on its collaborating partners, and they have... I think over 900 collaborating partners, which include our CDC, our FDA, they, they use all our best stuff. Uh, so it's not, uh, you know. Uh, okay, now, uh, so how does this program uh, uh, work? Well, okay, there's absolutely overwhelming uh, evidence-based documentation that an evidence-based holistic Christ-centered health education program will save many more lives, prevent much more suffering than all of our medicines combined. Actually, more all than our medicines and surgeries and hospitals and doctors and nurses uh, combined. Uh, so there's two parts to the program. You have the written guidelines and then uh, the uh, illustrations, and they, they match up. And uh, this is uh, Pat Van Winkle in uh, Cambodia that uses the program. He's one of the few doctors I've met that's really qualified to, to do uh, this, this kind of work. And it's training the training. It's a collaborative approach. It demonstrates uh, the integration process with local physicians. Now, this integrating of community health into primary care is absolutely essential. Everyone agrees on, on this. Uh, 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 World Health Organization, our, even uh, you know, our, our, uh, our uh, uh, health and human uh, uh, services, and even the AMA, they all agree that unless we can learn how to integrate community health into our primary care practice, uh, our, our health care systems just aren't going to survive. Uh, 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 we'll go into the reasons for that. You know, uh, uh, the epidemic of obesity, the epidemic of diabetes, especially now, up, up, uh, uh, just about 10% of the world's population over the age of 19 now has diabetes worldwide. There's, there's no way that any, you know, whether it's government financed or individual finance, there's no way that, that we can support that. So, uh, and this has to be a collaborative approach. Now, when I go in, uh, the first thing I do is I tell them this program isn't from me. This program comes from, from the World Health Organization. Your doctors contributed as much to it as the doctors from our country. So it's not our program. It's the World Health Organization's program. Second of all, I can't be here uh, unless, unless you're here to assist me. Because I know absolutely nothing about the culture. I don't know these, these patients sitting here. I have, how can I possibly uh, 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 try to uh, uh, treat patients in your area? So they know from the very onset that, that I'm helpless without them. So it's not going in there and me telling them how to, how to run. run uh, and you'll be surprised how much wisdom a lot of these, these people have and how many ideas they have of doing things that I had never thought of. You know, so, so, uh, and, but here you use the full uh, program. Here, again, you use the same program, training the trainers, uh, and this is demonstrating uh, the process to the local church uh, and, and the local church educators. So you use this in the church as well. And again, the same process, uh, educating the uh, local uh, community health workers uh, and uh, just in the poster uh, approach. Okay, and so the, the emphasis here then is on the team health educator. Very important to have the, the docs, you know, initiate this because if the doctors aren't for it, it's not going to happen, you know. 
But the ones that do the work, you know, the doctors don't have time for teaching, regardless of, of where you are. Uh, uh, but uh, we certainly have the abilities to set up our clinics so that, te- that appropriate life-saving teaching is done. Uh, and, uh, uh, this, and you can do this all over. This is Yonde Prison in Cameroon. Uh, group counseling for a tremendous need for, for uh, uh, group counseling uh, in maternal uh, care. Personal teaching at the time of need. We, studies have shown you know, that's the best time to get, at, to, to get education to people because then they're really interested. And one of the primary areas is uh, you know, in oral health. Uh, the time to when when patients are really interested in your oral health prevention is when they're sitting there and they're getting their uh, gums numbed and, and they're waiting for the doctor with the extractor. Uh, so so they're very interested in how to prevent uh, this from happening again. So so it's very important that you take advantage of, of every spare minute uh, of your clinic time. You know don't don't waste their time in the waiting room waiting. Uh, 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 for crowd control, for nothing else, uh, you know, uh, be educating them. Don't don't waste don't waste the time. It, and it can be used in the, you know as an introduction to the Jesus film. A lot of times you can draw them in, uh, you know, with the health education, and then show the Jesus film uh, afterwards. A very holistic approach. And this is training the trainers. Uh, the interpreters uh, 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 end up being then the uh, instructors uh, after we leave. And the handbooks are available in five languages, and the whole program is available in five languages, so they can use those then to uh, train their fellow uh, uh, colleagues. Is there any translation going on in other languages? Uh, Korean now uh, is, uh, I just met someone yesterday that, so hopefully we'll be able to get that, that going. Any of you have any contacts with, with other languages that we don't have it in? Uh, please uh, let me know. We do have some funding available uh, uh, for that, not as much as we'd like, but uh, we, we can usually come up with around $500. Uh, we, we are very, we need to know, though, that it's accurate, you know, because this is healthcare information. We don't want to take any chances. So, so you know, a lot of people jump at the $500, but I, you know, I, in developing countries, they're the ones that usually translate it, but we really have to make certain that it's accurate. So that's an important part. Okay, so the physician's priority provides brief individual teaching counseling at the time of need and simultaneously uh, trains the uh, host uh, country trainers, uh, gives credibility uh, to the program. Uh, Because when people come in, they see the Westerners are using this program. Well, that that makes it credible to them. uh, because there's this, uh, this feeling that you know, we, we, we have all the answers. Uh, refer patients uh, for conditions requiring more extensive counseling to the team health educator or the church health ed program. So you want to refer them on then uh, to, the, to the church. And uh, refer patients requiring social, spiritual counseling you know, to the pastors and elders. But most important, uh, you want to demonstrate Christ's example of holistic care. And uh, that, that, no matter where we go, that's always what's most important. Uh, and so then the summary is you introduce and demonstrate a high-quality, safe and effective health care instruction for individuals, groups, in the community. Number two, the local churches, uh, health promoters, translators are simultaneously trained in evidence-based holistic health care instruction. And three, you follow up, uh, uh, you schedule follow-up uh, with uh, church educators. And uh, the above uh, uh, enables pastors, churches to reach out to the communities by providing long-term 
evidence-based, high-quality care. So again, we want to emphasize, where did this come from? Well, it did not come from the World Health Organization or anywhere else in the secular world. Where it came from here is the Christian Medical Commission, a group that was formed uh, uh, back in the 1970s, had an office right down the street from the World Health Organization. They had this uh, uh, journal called Contact. Uh, so it was actually developed uh, by our Christian missionary mentors, and that's why the closer our care comes to be uh, evidence-based, based on the truth, the closer we come to the biblical approach to health and healing. So, and this comes from our American... You won't write, read about this in the Christian uh, literature at all, but in the American Public Health Journal, you'll find that the origins of primary health care and selective primary health care uh, is credited to the Christian Medical Commission. It says... Uh, and they talk about the Christian Medical Mission here, again, from the American Journal of Public Health. In 1970, it created the journal Contact, which used the term primary health care probably for the very first time. So it was our Christian missionary mentors that actually invented the term primary health care. And we owe great debt to our long-term missionary mentors and their ongoing work with the World Health Organization. The most influential uh, health care providers, uh, uh, Christian health care providers, are not aware of the uh, essential importance of uh, Christian missionaries' work on the world health standards and guidelines and to the well-being of our, our patients. And unfortunately, we in Christian short-term missions are among the last organizations on earth that still cling to our U.S. culture's secular, drug-based approach and have yet to adopt our missionary mentors' standards and guidelines. That is true. Uh, fortunately, that is beginning to change. Here at this conference uh, three years ago, Dr. Carl Taylor, uh, those of you that have you heard of the Almata, the Declaration of Almata? Okay, uh, everybody thinks so. Well, that's what the, that's World Health Organization stuff. Uh, that's that's what they're based on, and so. What people don't realize is that Carl Taylor co-authored the Almata Declaration. Carl Taylor, a long-term missionary to to uh, uh, India, uh, he's 93 years old, and he passed away, I think, within the last year. I believe he wrote Just and Lasting Change when Communities Own Their Futures. One of one of the Great books in literature here. Uh, so, and this is this is the last words that I that I heard him speak uh, three years ago. He says, "If you really understand what we mean, doctors automatically not get not only resistance, they get angry, because what we are saying is that the most important health workers in the world are mothers. It is that reality that we have not been willing to face. The arrogance with which we have carried out our our professional roles, taking ownership from the community and assuming that the ownership of the health system is in the hands of the doctors and health workers. That simple message is that if we are really going to do what Jesus showed us to do, it is building up the capacity of the people to solve their own problems. And so it was in our efforts to better meet the standards of our missionary mentors uh, that the community health screening uh, uh, approach was implemented. And here again, uh, you know, this is, go- this is on this health screening page. Uh, we want to emphasize that, you know, it does not come at all from us, but from our Christian missionary mentors and, and the best evidence-based guidelines. Uh, this you can, uh, on the website... There's a there's a 19 page manual and and that'll explain you know everything that we're everything in detail step by step process uh, uh, the process is also outlined on on a flow sheet here and uh, uh, so we're going to skip over uh, we're running out of time here we're going to skip skip over a lot of this uh, uh, okay. Uh, 
again, you can uh, download those guidelines on this uh, health screening page here and uh, 20 page guidelines. Here's the and you can, again from the Global Chain Network, you can download it from there. And here's the uh, flow sheet. It's essentially a, a five step process. First part is vision planning. Second, team preparation training. Third, uh, health screening education event itself. And then additional collaborative activities and exit evaluation, uh, sustainability, multiplication, and planning. Uh, vision and planning, that's the most important part. That's the part that takes the longest time. And, and it's, it's because that's where you're establishing relationships. And even for organizations with a long-term in-country relationships that have existed for decades, these planning meetings are absolutely essential. And there's numerous uh, WHO guidelines that emphasize that any efforts to truly improve the well-being of a community has to be community-directed, has to come from the community itself. We can't just be going in there and, and telling people what to do. So what we do uh, 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 when we go on these trips is we, we spend most of our time uh, meeting with as many Ministry of Health representatives as we, as we possibly can, as far up the chain. Like in Belize, we were able to meet with the director of the entire country, uh, the regional directors, as well as the local uh, Ministry of Health doctors. So you try. This is critically important because you want them, you want your materials to be accepted all the way up and down that health, health uh, care pyramid. Uh, uh, church leaders and local pastors and members of the, uh, the uh, their, uh, every congregation has, has wonderful people that are wonderful teachers. And, and so you want to use all those assets that are available. And same with the schools, the education leaders, principals, and so on. And then other community leaders, uh, physician and health care providers. And again, all this stuff is outlined in... in, in uh, on the website, uh, in the materials on the website. So, uh, and the purpose of all this is to establish in-country local community direction to the maximum extent possible. Local community organizations must be willing to sponsor, to take ownership of the event and work alongside other community sponsoring organizations. Otherwise, it's never going to be sustainable. Otherwise, you're going to create dependency. You're going to have to keep going back and keep going back. And you don't want that to happen. Team preparation and training, uh, uh, we have a program set up for that. These, these folders we give to uh, uh, both provider, uh, uh, they, they provide both the guidelines uh, uh, for taking blood pressures. It's surprising how many providers don't take blood pressures even uh, the way in accordance with uh, uh, standards and guidelines. Uh, so uh, it, it's a, we do provide those as well as the health education materials for that particular uh, uh, outreach. And, and those materials are the same that we give to the health educators. And it also to the local doctors uh, because that's really what they need. They still need to learn how to integrate community health into their primary care practice. And like I say, it's a, the same information goes to the, uh, all the health educators. Uh, advertising and engaging the community. That's very important. How do you get people to come if you, if you, if you don't carry any drugs? You know, that's, that's a question that oftentimes comes up. Okay, so here's the, what the uh, advertisement says. The World Health Organization reports that 80% of premature heart disease are number one killer, 80% of stroke are number three killer, 80% of diabetes are number six killer, 40% of cancer number two killer, and numerous other conditions can be prevented by you doing just three things. Much more important than all of our hospitals and clinics and doctors and nurses and drugs and surgeries combined. Learn about the three things. 
So, uh, so that we use to get them thinking. You know, that's on the poster there, and, and to, to get the thing. So, how valuable is that information? How much do you think a drug company could charge for a pill that would just do uh, the first, you know, reduce heart disease by 80 percent? You know, how valuable is that? Think about that. How valuable is that knowledge? You know, you could you could be taking tens of thousands of drugs, you know, with you on a short-term missions trip, but but is it as valuable as that knowledge? Yeah, you have to th- so does anyone here know the answer? What, what, what is this critically important self-treatment which could prevent the suffering and premature death of millions of people from every country every year? Three things. Diet, exercise, tobacco. Hey, hey, you're a great group. That's... No, I was well. Okay, yeah, I've been. I presented this, you know, with doc, to doctors and nurses before, and you know, we go on, you know, ten minutes sometimes. So, so shoot, I thought you were doing so great. Okay, yeah, that's the answer. Uh, okay, now, so this is what we do then. As they're waiting in line then uh, uh, to register, then they use the participatory approach, which this was supposed to be this way. <laughs> And then, you, yeah, and then you ask the people in line, you know, and, and they've been thinking about it, you know, for a couple of weeks. And surprisingly, they, they do come up with, with the answers uh, 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 quite well. Uh, and then, so that's where the, how the participatory approach is used. And even while they're waiting in, in line to register. Uh, and why is this important? Uh, this is back in 2005, but it's even more important today. Uh, CDC reports 68% of adults are, are now overweight or obese in our country. American Heart Association reports one in three American kids uh, today is overweight or obese, nearly triple what it was in 1963. So look at those changes, what's happened since the church has pulled out. You know. uh, uh, and among children today, uh, we're, we're seeing diabetes. We never saw diabetes in, in kids. Uh, high blood pressure, you know, in, in our kids. And the World Health Organization says that uh, uh, that we must, you know, use uh, address these problems in children as well as adults. Uh, uh, and evidence-based guidelines: the higher your body mass index, uh, the higher the risk for heart disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, breathing problems, osteoarthritis, cancers, and other diseases. Uh, BMI-related diseases are, have now reached epidemic levels, uh, and we talked about nearly uh, Lancet reports nearly 10% of adults 19 over uh, with diabetes. Whoops. Uh, uh, by the year 2015, non-communicable diseases associated with overnutrition will surpass undernutrition as the leading causes of death in low-income countries. So this is a tremendous problem. Mexico certainly has as bad a problem as what we have in the States. Smoking is still the single greatest uh, uh, cause of avoidable morbidity and mortality. Uh, uh, Okay, your your teaching prevents uh, premature uh, 
Uh, I'm going to hit myself here. Okay, so this is our health screening and education record. We, we combine the two. We have the, the uh, on the record where we record their BMI and so on, it's the same record uh, that, that uh, has the health education so that they can take it home and show it to their friends and their family. And, and so uh, this gets uh, uh, promoted throughout the uh, uh, community, reinforcement and multiplication of the three things lesson. And for children, uh, we have the same for their health screening, except we have a different picture here for adequate exercise. And again, uh, the same. Uh, but for kids, you have to have, uh, uh, we're kind of proud of this form. Uh, the, uh, we took the health, World Health Organization form here. And, and uh, you might want to, down, if you're working in another country, you might want to download this for the local docs because they'll really appreciate it because they don't have one that, uh, that where they can record chronologically uh, the, the values as, as time goes on and they don't have the health education uh, uh, teaching there as well. So, so this is very popular with, with all the doctors in other countries that we, that we show this to. Uh, so you might want to look, look for that. Uh, and the reason that's important for kids, uh, BMI depends on your age and depends on the sex. For, for adults, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, the uh, yeah, we, we talked about it. Okay, so so then uh, the nurse also at, at, while the 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 after the uh, heights and weights are are taken, then as they're waiting to uh, see the uh, uh, the doctor or the healthcare provider, uh, additional uh, participatory education supplementing the three things. You know more about appropriate diet and and so on. Uh, the, the equipment needs are really very, very few. They can vary depending on what, what your particular skills are, what, what you're uh, 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 screening for. Uh, the provider evaluation and counseling station, this enables compliance with WHO guidelines to uh, utilize the potential primary prevention and health promotion to prevent up to 70% uh, of the disease burden. It enables high-quality evidence-based care. Uh, to uh, save the most lives and prevent the most suffering. It enhances uh, the provider healing relationship without... This is really important here. Once, once you try this, it not only preserves, but it actually enhances the provider healing relationship without the patient's preoccupation with obtaining as many drugs as possible. You know, if you're in a situation, and they know they don't have to give you a story to, to, to get more and more drugs, they're... they're the change is just remarkable, you know, and you really get to know them, you know. So, so once you try this, you know, you, you'll, you'll never go back. Uh, and if your uh, goal is to demonstrate Christ's love in a manner Jesus taught his disciples, uh, they say, well, you'll never go back to this approach. So what the provider does then, he takes the history. Uh, we don't do uh, 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 random blood screening, that, uh, blood sugar uh, testing that really doesn't do you any, any good if it's not fasting. So rather than invest in in doing uh, uh, blood sugars at the health fair that's, that are random, uh, we'd rather invest the money and give the strips to the local uh, uh, health clinic uh, because they're always running short of, of the glucose stri strips and uh, taking a diabetic history then. And if we have any concerns that there might be diabetes, we refer them for a fasting uh, blood sugar at the local health health clinic. So you're giving uh, high-quality care there. Uh, we review the, the BMI we obtain and review the blood pressure. Uh, we provide additional exam as indicated and as you're qualified to do. Uh, so if, you know, if you don't have much skills, you just stop right there because people 
people aren't expecting to to hand uh, you to handle all their problems. They're just those problems that that uh, 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 that uh, we state in the advertising and so on are are, are what we are limited to. We re- reinforce and uh, review the relevant evidence-based guidelines. Uh, we encourage uh, and refer for appropriate follow-up as indicated, a church-based group or other services in local clinic. This is one of the most important things that we do. Uh, down in Baja, uh, I only went down there once for, for a screening uh, a clinic. Uh, in, this is in Mexico. And, uh, and we just asked them, uh, you know, at, at our very last question uh, before we offered them prayer was, or would you be interested in, in uh, uh, a group getting together to uh, discuss diet and, and uh, uh, recipes and, and exercise? And we had a very large, surprisingly large group of, of people that, that uh, uh, signed up. Uh, and then the last thing we always do is, is offer prayer. And this also, this is the local doctor that worked with us. Uh, oh, we're over time. Feel free to go. We're just about done here. Uh, 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 it also it demonstrates and enables local physicians to begin to integrate community health into the primary care. So you're getting the same, at least an introduction to the same process that we've been using for, for many years of the full program. Uh, you can also, the health fair, to combine the screening with the health fair is really the most fun. Uh, uh, another participatory learning activities. This was actually uh, in Chino, California. Uh, had a local uh, nurse uh, who was an expert in, uh, in uh, breastfeeding uh, 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 who uh, provided uh, participatory teaching there. Uh, there's also... Uh, Numerous other uh, lessons, uh, participatory lessons that are available free on the website. Uh, this is the follow-up uh, uh, information down in Mexico as well. Uh, so, and, and you know, you, you want to provide follow-up for the 30% of your patients that, that do need uh, curative care. So, so, so you want uh, them uh, uh, to be followed up. And a very important person down in Baja was the local Ministry of Health doctor who was very enthusiastic about this. And she was the one then that, that uh, has uh, uh, started uh, other local health uh, screening and so on. This is that follow-up church-based uh, exercise group. Uh, and there's many other additional. We talked about critical need for quality ph- uh, qualified pharmacists and, and, and physicians. So you can use this for the curative care as well. Uh, all you have to do is part of your uh, 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 vision and planning process. You just talk to the to the local hospitals, find out what what education do they need. Nearly all of us have have some skills uh, in a certain area that our colleagues come to us and and ask us about. So oftentimes those are the very same skills that that they, uh, other doctors in other countries need to know about. So in-service training uh, is much that we can do. Uh, Also on the best practices site where where you look at the the middle column there, you'll find all kinds of evidence-based World Health Organization guidelines there to assist you. Uh, this is just for uh, uh, exit evaluation. Uh, helps us to know in the future uh, just how effective our, our uh, approach was. Uh, just one sort of, this is our last lesson here. Uh, 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 this is how it's presented down in Baja. How many teaspoons of sugar in just one soda? Any guesses on that? Okay, 10 to 12. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, uh, and why is this important? Well, uh, CDC reports there's 6 out of 10 adults drink at least one sugary drink a day. It's the largest source of added sugar in the diet of uh, U.S. use. Uh, and it is the most important contributor to our, our weight gain and type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome. World Health reports that uh, it's been estimated that an additional can or glass of sugar-sweetened drink that uh, is consumed uh, every day increases the risk of becoming obese by 60 percent. Okay, so so that's that's why it's important. That's and we try to provide the evidence base for everything that we do. We only want to we, we only have so much time. We want to hit the most important things. Okay, so uh, how much then? Uh, if you just have one soda a day, uh, how 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 many pounds of sugar will you have consumed at the end of the year? Yes. Four pounds. Nine. Nine of those, that's 35 pounds of sugar. From just, just one can of soda a day, at the end of the year, you have nine, nine, nine of those 35 pounds. Okay, now what happens to all that sugar? Well, some people can burn it off. Uh, a lot of people can't. Now, at the end of the year, how much, how much weight do you think you could gain from just that one soda per day? Yes? Okay, it's 15 or more. It's actually 17, uh, 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 16 kilos of, of sugar. Uh, so, so that's what we, we do. Now, this, the nurse has given the, the kids backpacks with uh, 15 pounds of, of sugar, and, and she's doing having jumping jacks and running around the circle. And you can you can look at the smiles, you know, on, on the people, and also look at you know the people that need the the, uh, uh, the, the information. So, so not only are, are you really saving the most lives and preventing the most suffering, but it can can actually be be fun. Uh, we're going to skip over what's the evidence base. How you know we, we talked about NSAIDs and, and health education. You can you can do the same for all of the the, the, the greatest killers, uh, even in the area where our drugs do the most good. Uh, this is this is where you know we always you know are, are feel best when we see a patient that has worms, anemia, malnutrition. You know, we have medicines for that, uh, but unfortunately the patient uh, will soon be reaffected. Uh, so the actual cure requires education and support of the community's efforts to resolve the real causes of their suffering. It only takes a, a minute or two to support this. Uh, diarrhea in children, uh, again, uh, there you definitely, please don't use any, any drugs for diarrhea in children. They kill children. Uh, that's been proven for many years now. 18, uh, this is from the uh, CDC uh, uh, low modal is, is just devastating, uh, and uh, the uh, the drugs uh, hurt patients in two ways. The kids, uh, the uh, increase in mortality due to uh, the drug itself by 17 percent, increase in mortality of malnutrition uh, because they they poor families will we teach them that these medicines are important, so then they'll go out and they'll purchase these same medicines from the local local. Uh, uh, pharmacies thinking that they're important. So that's two areas where, where we can cause harm. The solutions are health education. Unfortunately, it's fairly complicated. So you need the, the health educators. Doctors just don't have time for this. But it's over 90% effective. We reduce mortality. Uh, uh, it's responsible for 17% of the deaths of children under five. Uh, but it will re this simple rehydration approach will reduce the mortality by at least uh, 90%. 
Uh, tobacco, we talked about that. How effective is that? You know, we all think tobacco is, is, is nobody listens to us about tobacco. Here's what I see ever a coop. Uh, a good Christian man. Uh, he said, the entire enterprise of big tobacco is the largest concentration of evil masquerading as a legitimate business on this planet. Uh, we all know the, the harmful effects. Now, how do you think education rates here? Uh, where do you think it rates as far as uh, our, our education of uh, tobacco uh, prevention? This is our, our definitely our most difficult challenge, uh, and that's it's most, our most important. For every two patients who stop smoking, we prevent one premature death. But we all know how difficult it is to try to get patients to make lifestyle changes, especially those involving a drug addiction. And drug addiction with uh, nicotine is one of the very worst, worse than morphine, worse than, than uh, most of our uh, 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 illegal drugs. It's the highest possible rating. Uh, uh, Health education, uh, highest possible rating from the clinical evidence, highest possible rating from the uh, American College of Physicians, uh, give it an A rating, uh, uh, and also the highest possible rating from the U.S. Preventative Services Tax Force. So the three main evidence-based sites all rate health education, even in, in tobacco prevention, number one. So they're compared to, uh, what about these other areas, healthy diet, healthy exercise, again, in the 15%, advice on cholesterol lowering, advice to reduce blood pressure, sustain weight loss, and no adverse effects. So, uh, two more slides. Uh, how does the program rate healthcare industry, drug center care versus evidence-based holistic Christ center care? And please note, we are not saying you should stop those medicines that have been proven to be beneficial and may be worth the risk. However, our goal is to save the most lives, prevent the most suffering, as well as provide, demonstrate, and enable high-quality, safe as well as effective, biblically-based care without the harm of drug treatment. Then what our patients and their communities need is integrated, evidence-based, holistic, Christ-centered health care. Jesus said in uh, John 14:11, believe on the evidence. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I went over, uh, but uh, uh, again, I'll be willing to stay here as long as, as you want. If you have any questions about the evidence base, I'll stick around here and you can grab your lunches if you want to come back and we can talk more, uh, uh, or if you've had enough of me, that's fine too. So.